It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Well, hello, 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 my listening audience. How's everybody out there in the uh, hemisphere? Hey, it's your girl, Barbara McGee, coming live to you from the penthouse, and this is Straight Talk with the Hired Barrage. Uh, Good evening, uh, Tuesday evening listeners. And I also wanted to welcome... Uh, Mr. Rodney Best, our wealth expert and the executive producer of Straight Talk. How are you, Rodney? Hey, you know, I'm having a fabulous time this evening. Uh, just uh, witnessed OKC putting a den in San Antonio, but that's okay. That's not where I'm going. But anyway, it's <laughs> been a beautiful <laughs> Come on, Warriors! Come on, Warriors! Oh, that was so clear, Rodney. I had to just I, give it I up. Am but, you know, that I'm really, exactly. really... I'm really, really interested in seeing uh, how we uh, continue to go forward with this, uh, these communications about the changes in Oakland because it's, it's imperative that we know about the change and keep feeding our kids that this change is going on and we need to be educated about it. So we got a good, good lineup tonight. Let's see. Let's go forward. Absolutely. Well, you're absolutely right. I want to take this moment to thank 225CL.com where you can go and order uh, music from local artists, uh, where we have jazz musicians and we have singers and, and a wonderful array of music to download. So check us out at www.225cl.com. And like I say, uh, we're coming live on Galaxy Talk Radio, but do know we have a 24-hour music easy listening station, so you can have a chance to listen to some of your favorites on there too. Now, we've been involved uh, pretty uh, succinctly with a three-part, I guess we would say, um, three different pieces of life in Oakland and how many of us feel that as African-American or people of color, we have been excluded from the plans and from the flow of the new Oakland. And so tonight, uh, we thought we would bring the piece that is most important because it is the way we can reclaim our position as middle class and upper class. And that's by um, getting involved in real estate and selecting and finding your own commercial property to have your own business. And we know that we as African Americans, uh, we have always been able to advance our people, not by getting employed, but by being able to self-create, self-motivate, and to be able to have our own businesses. So um, this is what we do best at, and unfortunately there are so many challenges in just people in general, citizens, having their own business in California. Uh, But it is particularly acute when you're trying to have business in a city which is um, moving forward without having you in mind in the final result. 
So that's kind of what we're talking about. And uh, Rodney, um, you are producing tonight's show, the business segment. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the guests that you're bringing forward? And I've, I'm excited to meet um, Wendella, uh, 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 real estate uh, company. I know she's here. So why don't you do the introduction? Go ahead. Well, you know, I, I had the uh, unique opportunity to find in my neighborhood an African-American real estate business that not only just said, hey, I'm out for the profits of selling houses, but I found someone who's out for the encouragement of educating the, 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 the black male, making sure that the black family is well-educated in learning that you can indeed buy if you rent you can buy. I, I mean, that was that was her favorite line I heard. Hey, you rent, you can buy. So, Wendella, why don't you take a minute and and, um, and give us what what's your business? What was your vision um, of opening a business in your neighborhood? T- tell us a little bit about your 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 vision. So, without any further ado, come on, talk to you. Thank you so much, Rodney Ben, for that introduction. I'm so excited to be on with you guys tonight. Um, yes, there's a lot of change in our community. There's a lot of change. And we are, you know, actually excluding ourselves. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, other, you know, people are coming in, they're taking over, and they're pushing us out. But because we're not educated, we're actually excluding ourselves. So my goal is to educate as many families um, and people, um, single people as well, on how to stay grounded here. We don't have to leave. We're making a choice to leave. Um, we're allowing um, others to push us out. However, the problem is we just don't know what to do. Um, Rodney, you said it. Um, I say it all the time. I say it to everybody I talk to. My office is on the corner of Seminary and Camden on a busy street. People come in all the time and ask me, tell me that they're looking for a rental. My question is always, why are you looking for a rental? If you can rent, you can buy. The criteria to rent is harder than the criteria to buy, but nobody has told them this. Nobody has shared this information with them. I need a 580 credit score to get you into a house to own on your own. You need a 650 and up to rent from most of these people that have houses on the market. Wait, 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 wait. Give them that credit score again. You need a what to purchase? We need a 580 credit score. And anybody that's familiar with credit knows that's not even good credit. Now, try to have a 580 credit score and rent from one of these owners out here today. It won't happen. You know, try to come up with three times the rent when the rent is $2,000. You know, try to try to make that because they want you to make three times the rent. So, I mean, we're doing, we're struggling, and we're working hard to pay someone else's rent. And what I tell people is, too, when you rent, guess what? You can be looking for another rental next year. It's not your house. If they decide they want to sell or go in a different direction with their investment, you'll be doing this all over again. Whereas if you buy something, it's yours. You can stay there for as long as you continue to pay your mortgage. So, And then all of the choices you make is yours. You're also leaving something to your kids so that your kids are not stuck in a rent race when they get of age. So, I mean, the choices are endless when you become a homeowner. We're here to show you how to do that. Well, you, you know, know what? I, I, I told, go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I just, I just, sorry to interrupt. 
Okay, I just wanted to say again, thank you for coming live on Straight Talk, and we take callers on this show. And so you have said a mouthful. And Rodney, hold your peace. I've got another caller on the line. Let me get them. I think this could be a panelist. And uh, hello, state your name, and uh, you're live on Straight Talk. Uh, tell us, did you have a question or a comment? My name is Sandra Bradford. I'm California. Yes, yay! I Hello. You. Hi, how are you? Hi. I was hoping Hello, good evening, were... everyone, and thanks for inviting me to the show, Rodney. Hi. And... Hey, how you doing? How you and, doing? And uh, the brush. All Absolutely, right. the brush is here. You've got it right. Hey. <laughs> okay. Everybody, I just want to take a moment. I've met a new friend, and here she is. Her name is Sandra Bradford, Ms. Sandra Bradford, and she is the owner of Cafe Nona. Did I say it correct? Yes, you did. Uh-huh, and I had a pleasure of my daughter and I of coming and having, you had such great hospitality. It's right there on the corner of Bancroft, and is that 53rd or 54th? It's Bank. Fairfax Avenue. Oh, yes. Fairfax. Really, yeah, Fairfax, yes, and we really, really enjoyed our time there. It was so clean. And it was so pleasurable to be and Well, welcome to Straight Talk. And we have you here tonight because we had a conversation. And uh, Rodney is uh, pulled up, uh, Miss, uh, excuse me, uh, Mrs. Wyndham. Your first name is? Wendella. Wendella, yes. And so we have Miss Wendella, who's a real estate agent in Oakland, in your area. And uh, we have a few callers that are on the line right now. So, I want everybody to know, again, uh, thank you, PQ5CL, for allowing us to have the privilege of having this airwave conversation. And we're discussing Oakland is under attack, and this is part two, and this is the business portion. Now, um, I want everybody to keep your comments to two minutes. We started off with Ms. Wendella, and Ms. Wendella said something very important. Now, she's a real estate agent uh, mogul in Oakland, California where the rents have tripled. And what she said, basically, is if you have a 580 score, you could purchase. And then she also said if you have a 650 or above, you, have, you would then qualify to rent. Okay, so I do agree with her. Uh, she also said something very uh, empowering. She said that people are choosing to leave Oakland, California, which is a city that I love. Now, I, I just want to redirect this, and then I want to go to Sandra. Um, okay, so my point is this. In 2013, there were four home loans given in Oakland, California to four black families. That was it. Also, we found that the banks were um, refusing to um, uh, renegotiate the second mortgages and the third mortgages when they were trying to modify a lot of people, a lot of people in churches and a lot of people uh, succumbed to giving their information. Like I know four pastors who lost their homes that, that they'd had over 20 years because they retired and through the modification process when they had to give all their information, they no longer qualified because the houses had accrued a certain level of value. And so uh, the bank started best that they sever their relationship. So there's a 
we have to acknowledge the fact that there is a new plan and, a, 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 and an effort to separate us from our property and separate us from the cultural aspect, what is known as Open California. So that's the first thing that I want to, that's a pivotal point that is important to know. And then secondly, what do you think, um, um, Wendella, about, with your expertise as a real estate agent, are you agent or broker? Ms. Wendella? I'm sorry, I'm a broker. Okay, so she is a mogul, as I said. And so what, is, what do you think um, the, when you look at the changing tapestry of the housing market and of your clients, what do you say is the number one thing that we need to do in order to not only retain our property, but in order to make money with property? Because sometimes we have to think about making money and just not looking at this as a lifelong commitment with home. What do you think of that? Well, I totally agree with you, and that's, that's actually something that I preach to all my clients. I have to constantly remind them that you need to buy something. This is not your dream house. This is your first house. There's a difference. We, take, we climb a ladder um, in this society, but there is a misconception that if I can't have that perfect house, you know, when I first get one, I don't want one at all. And so that, that holds a lot of people up as well. In addition to that, like you said, I, I coach my clients that, hey, if uh, you can't find a house you want, let us start you with a duplex, triplex, or fourplex. It gets you into the home ownership. It gets you there. It starts you somewhere. Why not buy a duplex, a triplex, or a four-unit building if your other option is to go rent someone else's apartment unit? So but, but, that's but wait a minute. But wait a minute. We're going to have to get your phone number because that's exactly what I want. I love that. <laughs> I mean, why not? The they have, they have, the first time home buyer program covers single family homes up to four units. So, you know, that's the that's the first time and, and let me let me bring some clarity about that too. For those that have lost their homes, who have already been foreclosed on, who went through the terrible time, as long as it's been two to three years that you've been foreclosed on, you can do it again and qualify for a First-time home buyers program. Oh, I love that. So, saying, <laughs> so wait, so let me do this. So you're saying it's never, it's, it's never, it's never too late. It's never, it's too, never late. too late. It's never Does too everybody late. hear that? That's the bell of fortune that is ringing. <laughs> yeah. Because, because we really, we really want to understand. I got, I got, I got another, I got, a, I got another trump card for you. Let's, let's, yes. Let, let me let me let me tell you a little bit about Miss Sandra Bradford here. Miss Sandra yes. Bradford, not only not only does she have the best neighborhood cafe in East Oakland on Fairfax and Bancroft, where she where she, her, her my specialty in the house is the is the kale green smoothie, and I think everyone should be there. But also, Miss Sandra Bradford is a tax preparer. Miss Sandra Bradford is also a real estate agent broker. So she has she has several hats on her head, and that was the reason when I was out in the community that I, and, I, and I met this lady. Then I went over and I met Wendella, the lady, and I said, "Hey, I said our people just have to know who to go talk to, when to go talk to." So with, with, without any 
further ado, let's let Miss Sanford Bradford tell us a little bit about herself. How did you? Absolutely. How, how, what What gave you the vision of opening that business, Cafe Nona, in that neighborhood? What gave you that vision? Well, the vision actually started with uh, my passion for, and actually it was my grandson's vision, but it is my passion for coffee. I love coffee. I love good coffee. I love great espressos, and I have a passion for baking. Well, it all started with baking red velvet cupcakes and cookies for my grandson, and he's like, well, hey, no, you should start a business. Okay, somehow or another, that was internalized, and subconsciously I didn't even realize it put me into an operative mode. So I started doing a few little things and, and such, and um, with a background and myself, I like to eat good and wholesome. And I thought after being a vendor at different venues, in and out of the city, different counties, there's a lot of work, I was like, I need to get a physical presence here. I need to establish a physical presence here in my hometown, close to my neighborhood, so that I don't have to go to downtown, other uh, faraway places to get a good cup of coffee or a nice freshly made green salad. Oh, that is very good. So what you're saying is is that your cafe is a – coffee-driven, so you're open in the morning, people can get their fresh cup of java there and move on for the day, but you also have a lunch menu, and you have smoothies, and you have more healthy choices. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's that's fantastic. Well, let's ring the bell for her, too. Let me ring the bell. I got the bell. Oh, there it is. (laughs) 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 Meaning that we love you ladies and we support you wholeheartedly and we're just so thankful to have you in the penthouse today to discuss some of the challenges because now mind you we want to be excited uh and we want to be dutiful with our information but we also uh want to be able to talk a little bit more candidly about the fact that Oakland is changing and it's not like you know, it used to be where you could just, you know, I remember there was a gentleman who was making cookies, and he was just walking in the offices right there on Telegraph and Broadway. And uh, the next thing you know, he had a cookie business. This was years ago, but it's not quite that simple. It's very complex. Uh, uh, Sandra, why don't, if, I know you can't tell us all about it. In two minutes or less, um, tell us, okay, so your vision was new wave. Your vision is health. Your vision is uh, smoothies, kale drinks, this sort of thing. It's good very... tasting food, good wholesome tasting food quality. You know, about educating our people. I'm basically I wasn't born in Oakland but I was raised here in Oakland and over the over the years, in the last ten, fifteen, twenty years, this city has evolved to I don't even know what description to put on it, but I, I but I would say this: a lot of our people definitely uneducated. I almost want to say Walking Dead. Uh, the the incidence of diabetes in the black neighborhood is like over, you know, it's just running over. High blood pressure, things that can be modified with behavioral changes. I mean, it's all about choices. 
And unfortunately, we haven't had very many choices around here. So, yes, in terms of quality, more nutritious uh, foods. And so my, my, my mission, my vision is to bring that same quality that you find in the affluent neighborhoods, uh, a little cafe along Claremont or College or whatever. Yes, we can have that same quality here. But as Ms. Wendell has said, many of us, are as we drive ourselves out of Oakland, we, we don't choose to play, we don't choose to get in the race. A lot of us turn our head to a better choice until they get a bad doctor's report. But I'm here. I'm here to set the change tone and try to um, offer, you know, this. Okay, we've got a new way. We, we, Sandra, we've got a little sound issue for you, um, so I need you to regulate yourself in a, a part of the wherever you are where you can get a clear signal, okay? So take a look at your phone, but absolutely, we support that. I think that. what it was, I, I, think it was a, I think it was a call coming in. I just didn't oh, answer yes. well, But, um, yeah, so basically I want, right I, want to, I want to bring it. I want to bring, I want to bring something different. Okay, time out for fried chicken wings. French fries and running over cheese, cheesy fries. I mean, that's it. You know, we can sit down and enjoy a, a nice avocado tuna salad. Avocado is a good fat. You know, Absolutely. it's a good fat. So, so hold on one second. I'm going to take a call from New York City. All right, hey, you're live on Straight Talk, and in the penthouse we have the wonderful Miss Sandra Bradford. We also have Wendella. Um, if your last name is Wyndham, right, Wyndham. Yes, uh, yes, ma'am. Uh huh. And then we have my co-host, Mr. Rodney Bass. Uh, so state your name and give us your comment or your question. Hello. Okay. So we, we we have a, we have a listener, and that's really really okay. Okay. So yes, I do thoroughly agree that we do need a new consciousness, and we do need to. And I'm talking about people of color that are in the inner city, we each need to grab one person and teach them a new way of thinking, way of eating, way of dressing, way of communicating, and definitely a way of becoming wealthy. Because property ownership, if you're not, Ms. Wendella, if you're not in the property game, your vote doesn't even count. And I'm not discouraging people from voting. Don't get me wrong, because I believe you should vote. But what I'm talking about is if you're not involved with the local wheel, meaning the local politics, if you're allowing um, zoning issues and if you're allowing um, things that are happening in our neighborhoods that are redirecting our neighborhoods and you're not involved with the city council and you're not speaking your mind to those people who are in the local arena of politics, then your vote doesn't count. So, um, Ms. Mandela, tell us, since you've been doing business as a broker for so long, as business, where are we with commercial real estate right now? Where's the hot spot? Is the is it the rural district? Is it the Bancroft district? Is it where, where's the hot spot right now? In it Oakland, is the, it is the city of Oakland. Any part of it. Well, you have to look at the changes that that has gone on. It's all over Oakland. You know, we we had the time when it was North Oakland. We had the time where it was West Oakland. It's East Oakland's turn, but it's still all of Oakland. 
you need oh. to have a piece of Oakland, period. I mean, it's just you should have a piece of Oakland. You should own a piece of Oakland. You know, it's funny when we see everybody that's moving out. We got sirens in the background. We, we got people moving out in groves, but what you don't see from the outside is the people that's moving in in groves. So right. as fast as people are moving out, we're getting calls of people that's – we got people that's buying here sight unseen. You know, as a broker, I can put a listing on MLS, and I get calls from different countries. They just want to know what title company to send their cash to. They're not even okay, here well, to see the property. Well, I'd, like to add, I'd like to add something to that. I, 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 uh, I concur with uh, Ms. Wendella. They are definitely here. I get, I get newcomers. Almost every weekend they come and hey, I'm Jennifer. This is the kids. We're here from the <laughs> San Francisco. Is already sold. It's already out. You know, it's sold out. But they're they're coming. They've come from San Francisco, North Oakland, Berkeley because it's affordable and they have the money to buy. They have the money to spend. Um, it's unfortunate that and and we do need to. Um, as much as we can, we can reach out to those and educate them and show them the way into home ownership because that's the only thing that's going to sustain us. We can't rent because you will be. As a matter of fact, um, someone I know just today came up, oh, my neighbor, I've been renting from this for 10, 15 years, and she never said anything. She just came, said she was coming for, like, inspection, and the lady, some other lady came and said, oh, I'm the new owner, and I got to move. Wow! Well, you know what? Those are things that are those are things that are that are that are moving forward. But I, I want to put this, Barbara. I want to put this question to uh, Wendell and to uh, Sandra. Everyone in Oakland is speaking about the change. Tell 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 the the, the listening audience how does your business relate to the change? Tell us how you relate to the change. What is it that make you feel your business? Is relating to keep hope alive. Well, for me, well, for Cafe Nona go here, go ahead. It, it, go ahead. It, the no, change no, is good for me. The change is good for me. It just so happens that you know, as we become more educated and into the know, we have different lifestyle changes. Uh, the change is good for me because I'm in an area, Fairfax. Business district was once a thriving business district. It was once a thriving business district. It went down and now it's come back up. There are mixed demographics here. Some some of the people, too many people are low income. They don't have money to spend as much as they probably would like to. They just don't have it. Then there's the other group of people that are embedded in here, that are hidden off in here, middle class, maybe up a little uh, more, and they have money to spend. Now, this was actually one customer who came in here. He was Caucasian, and he asked me, he said, I hope you can afford to, you know, have enough money to hang a while. And he, he explained it to me. It was mixed demographics, and over time I saw that. And just here recently, I, there are people coming in here I didn't even realize was just around – well, I'm just below Maxwell Park, and then Mills is just a little bit over. And those people, too, want somewhere to go. Right. You know what, Sandra? I've got to tell you, where you yes. are is where Wendell used to be. So, Wendell, Wendell what, what are you 
give us a give us a little insight as to the change and, and how does your your business uh, relate to the change? Because you were once on Fairfax in Bancroft, right? I was actually on uh, Foothill um, okay. in Seminary, and um, actually I was on MacArthur um, in Seminary. And then I moved to City Hill Seminary. Now I'm back in the same place that I started 25 years ago. So I'm home, and that's what I, I feel like I'm home to save everybody. <laughs> I feel like I'm on a specific mission to educate and share my experiences with everybody and help. As far as the change, I embrace it. It's really exciting to me. Um, it, you know, I'm on the fence. You know, I feel bad for a lot of the people that's getting pushed out or, or that feels pushed out. I feel really bad for a lot of people that just don't know what to do. However, I'm really excited for the people that have steadfast here, the people that are still trying to build businesses here and that are still trying to make open their home. I feel really excited for them because they will be a part of this change. So it, it, instead of us being afraid of the change, we need to embrace it and be a part of it. And that's I how I feel about you. the change. I'm I okay. I'm a part I, of it. Okay. All right. I'm excited to be a part of it. And I want everybody else to start being excited to be a part of this change and stop running from it. I'm agree. I, I agree with you. I agree okay, with you. Okay, if everybody can give me one moment. Uh, we've got a caller on the line. Uh, all right. Hey, caller, you're calling on Straight Talk with the Hired Brush. Uh, state your name and oh, I see they've uh, hung up. They must have been really nervous. They was listening in. So nobody's too nervous. Nobody's nervous. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not nervous at at, uh, at anything that that everyone is saying. It doesn't make me oh, nervous. Right. Oh, I've okay. already been. I've already been through and done that. All right, Pastor Bob. Tell us a little bit about your relationship to Oakland in two minutes or less. Uh, we have on with us uh, Sarah Bradford. I mean uh, Sandra Bradford, who is a, uh, a chef, and she has a wonderful uh, place called Cafe Nona over in the Ben, the Fairfax District, I think they call yes, it. Fairfax uh-huh. District. Uh huh. And then we have a real estate mogul on, and she's on Seminary in Camden, and her name is Miss Wendella. So go ahead. We're talking about the new face of Oakland, whether to get excited or not. Go ahead and give us your uh, experience. I know you're really deeply entrenched with the Laurel District, and I'm so glad you're a part of this conversation. Go ahead, Pastor Bob. Well, I've, I've seen a lot of changes in Oakland since I've been there. I uh, I came to Oakland in 1958. Uh, from I had lived in San Francisco all my life, and then I moved to Oakland. And so I was in business in Oakland for a while. And believe it or not, every time I opened up a business, I got it straight to get insurance and stuff, I was attacked by black people, not white people, not Chinese people, and not the rent man. It was always uh, being attacked by uh, black people who I was in uh, certain areas and and I was burglarized and robbed and set up. And, I mean, I had some terrible experiences, yet I I pursued uh, other interests while I was in Oakland. I saw the need myself and moved back south, but I didn't. I stayed because uh, all of my kids here. I've seen a lot of changes. One thing, I, 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 I've talked to some of the people, just a few left who was in that 
black business organization that they had one time with the, with the liquor stores and the nightclubs and the few grocery stores that were open. And many of those people left here because they were given money. Uh, they thought it was going to be big money by the people who bought these now local mom-and-pop stores throughout the black community. I had talked to a lot of these people, and they thought that the money that they were getting was just big-time money that was going to get them over somehow. Many of those people are broke um, because of the little money that was given them. But now, as you see all these mom-and-pop stores in the African-American community and the restaurants that have popped up, we've got a lot of uh, 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 rice shops, you know, where you buy Chinese food and and Vietnamese food and and all of that type of stuff popped up in our community. Uh, And our people are the main people in these communities purchasing this food. Now, I don't see why that our community can't can't, can't back up the uh, African-American business that is serving the food in the community. Uh, who open restaurants, who open small uh, uh, grocery stores, uh, wherever they can. Why can't the black community back them up? Because if you go to a lot of the Chinese, Vietnamese restaurants, the the Mexican restaurants, who's sitting in there? The Mexicans in the Mexican restaurant, Chinese is eating Chinese food, and the Vietnamese eating Vietnamese food, and the blacks sitting next to them. And the black restaurants are sitting up there half full because they won't come and shop with them. You're absolutely so, right. You know, one thing I like to see a restaurant, a, a series of restaurants do, a restaurant owners do, I wish I had the money for that, is to open up a restaurant in the black community that serves tacos, burritos, uh, 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 and various Mexican food, then have a Vietnamese cook, then have a Chinese cook, all in the black community owned by a black man. And I knew one black man in the community, and I'm not going to say who he is, but one black man in the community who swept the floor, washed the windows, washed the dishes, washed the counters, and had Chinese cooks, Chinese waitress, and the Chinese at the cash register, and he walked around as a janitor. Mm-hmm. And I think he's still in business in Oakland, but they don't exactly. know he's black. Well, I won't say who he May I just add that? May I okay. just add that? I do make myself and sell breakfast burritos. I was just going to say that, Sandra. Breakfast burritos, <laughs> breakfast croissants. And she doesn't make the the the, the, the sausage that the, that the, you find in McDonald's and Burger King. You got turkey sausage. You got a choice of turkey sausage or bacon sliced turkey. So you know earlier she was speaking about the health issue of us eating. And so what you are saying we need in the community is what's going on right now in the neighborhood where we have one. And with us educating each other. On 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 on, uh, on these topics of how to get these businesses in there and supporting the, the businesses, we're gonna even see maybe we'll see our neighborhood come back. But real but real quick, uh, uh, um, Barbara, I want to want to shoot this question out to 
to the, the uh, business owners. You know, being a black business owner in Oakland today, what would you say to a child in middle school looking to do their own business in their future? What would you say to them? What, what, what encouragement would you give them about being a, a, a business owner in the neighborhood in Oakland, California? And, and, and uh, uh, Wendell, let's, let's, let's let you start off. Okay. Um, the first thing that I would suggest to them is to find a mentor. Find a mentor in the field that they would be interested in getting in and, and stand by them and utilize some of their experience um, to help guide them through the process because it is a process. And, and being uh, self-employed um, in, in any, or, or anyway is hard. And to just step into it makes it even harder. You need to find a good mentor. You need to focus, be around positive energy. You need to be about around people that understand both sides of it. Like Pastor Bob said, you need to know that there's that there's risk factors involved, depending on what type of business and where you open it at. We need you need to have extra security. They need to be taught these things so that they can be successful. We uh, we we have a lot of experience. We've we've made a lot of mistakes. We've lost a lot, we, we've gained a lot, and we need to share it with them. We need to keep it real and raw with them when they're interested in starting their own businesses. This is what you might run into. These are the things that you have to be mindful of. We can't just sugarcoat stuff and, you know, um, lead them to believe that it's easy because it's not. She'll tell you she's down there at the cafe, and although she loves it, uh, I'm sure she works hard, I'm sure she does her best, but she'll also tell you it's not easy. It's just not easy. I'm here. It's not easy for me every day. But I wouldn't do anything different. I wouldn't mm. I wouldn't move this office anywhere else. I tell people all the time, I want to open up another office, but I'm not doing that until I'm happy with what I've done in the city of Oakland. Then I'll go I look at, it. you know, opening up I a second it. office, a second location somewhere else. But I'm focused on Oakland right now. That's my focus. Oh. Well, okay. we thank so you for that comment. And Sister Sandra, go ahead. Okay, I would... I would tell I would tell a young student in middle school, first of all, make sure you take care of your business. Be a good student first. Read, <laughs> learn, and as you matriculate through school and you get that job, just realize that the job is just a means to an it's a vehicle to take you where you need to go. And then secondly, be sure to read, research. Research anything that you're interested in. Everything that you know that I wanted to do before I opened up here, it was it was about a year time that I'm looking, I'm researching, I'm reading. Not you know, not even really knowing that I was moving into that because see that way, when they go down to pull a permit or submit plans, they can't just toss them to and fro because they definitely will do that. They they will tend to deter us at the front end, but when you know that you know that you know, you lay that evidence on the table to them and they have to back up and let you through. So I would tell them to research, dot all the I's and cross the T's because we, as colored people, we just have to do that because everybody's eyes are on us. Mm. Right. Absolutely. I agree thoroughly. I just want to take a moment out of the Oakland Post uh, this week, you know, that publication is uh, uh, Oakland-born. Paul Cobb is the CEO over there, and he's a member of my church, and I wanted to just tell you that the headlines read, uh, Council Dodges Tenants Urgent Request to Place Rent Protection Initiative on the Ballot by June 
deadline forces all activists to gather 22,000 valid signatures by May 30th. So um, what's really happening, I believe, lady, is that um, there are people in our city. I just want to make a discussion about the mastering of the song, United We Stand. Okay, who's talking? Excuse me? Okay, so uh, one, one moment, please. Um, what I think we really have to be able to understand and recognize is that people are fed up. The people that are being disenfranchised are not going anywhere. They're saying, and uh, they're going to make these uh, landlords toe the line. I mean, by excessive rent hikes. I mean, the rest of the country doesn't know, but people are being tripled in their rent. And the rent is already 1850 People on Lake Merritt are being tripled with no improvements, with no parking places. I mean, tripled in houses, and I mean, in apartment complexes who have steam heat, not even air conditioning in the house. So uh, we, we, we're, we're talking about a false value. Sandra, I, I, I mean, excuse me, Wendella, Miss Wendella, can you speak to the false value that occurs in a real estate market that is ballooning and then inevitably will crash or collapse or will uh, go back down to where it was before. Could you talk a little bit about that? You're asking me if I think that that's going to happen or when I think that that's going to happen? Yeah, because I don't think for the city of Oakland it's going to be no time soon. And here's why. If you look at all of our surrounding cities, we are the lowest city. We are the lowest priced city. When you look at San Leandro, when you look at Berkeley, when you look at San Francisco, when you look at Alameda, when you look all around at Emeryville, we're still the lowest priced city. So when you got people coming over from San Francisco that's used to paying four or five thousand dollars a month with nowhere to park, yeah, they're gonna pay three thousand a month. I mean, you mean I'm gonna pay three thousand a month? I'm between the five eighty and the eight eighty freeway, easy access. I got the BART line, and I get a garage. Sure, sign me up. So that's what's happening. We've been the best kept secret. So as the end, you have these big companies that's moving in. They're moving in. They're holding properties for their employees, their future employees. When you get a company like Uber that announces they're coming to the city, they buy a couple dozen houses up front so that they can encourage people to come over here and work for them. So it's, those are the kind of things that's going on right now. And as long as that's going on and as long as people are getting 20 offers on every house that hits the market, there's not, there's not a sign of slowing down right now. And yeah. I mean, that's just the nature of it. I see. So my, then I want to pose this question uh, to Sister Sandra. So yeah. as a business owner and being sharp and understanding as you're awake, to the new homeowner, the new face of the community, uh, let me ask you. So are you just breakfast and lunch? Uh, I understand that you serve are, are considering serving uh, cocktails and you have space for a live band. Uh, tell me about how, what role you want to play with your space on the corner in the future of the community there in Fairfax. Okay, yeah, well, currently we, we're breakfast and lunch um, uh, eating place, closing about 4, but the plan is to expand into the afternoon after work uh, when more 
people are out, um, as I, mix, I mentioned about, you know, the different demographics, those who have jobs and money to spend and those who don't, they don't, you know, after in the morning they're on the freeways and they're going to those jobs, San Francisco, whatever, but, but on the way home they like to stop and, you know, have a beer with a hot sandwich, you know, watch, catch a game or what have you. And so my vision is to expand into that. As I am a new business, just two and a half years, I'm still sticking, you know, I'm, you know, I'm testing, I'm probing to see what works. And um, I'm list- I listen to my customers, and, and they tell me, oh, we, we would love to, love to have a glass of wine with my son, a beer. Um, I also envision having, um, doing the sidewalk cafe or park, uh, parklet. I don't know if you're familiar with the parklets, but the city council uh, members are, like, very supportive, and they, you know, said that it would help me with the parklet. Uh, the parklets are like little garden sitting areas at the curb that you see in North Oakland, Berkeley, and I think there's a newly added one in the Laurel and the Diamond District. And so yes, I, yes, and so I want to be, you know, I mean, it's kind of like it's really risky, and and it's like I'm out here by myself, but I'm just trying to bring what I can bring because I know Oakland, as Miss Wendella says, we know this is getting ready to be a mecca here. They have plans. They're coming in. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. I own, and I do try to encourage uh, people, especially young people. As Rodney uh, mentioned, I do taxes, and I have some clients who are, like, making six figures, young people, renting. I'm like, why are you doing that? No. So, you know, I educate. I talk to them. I kind of, like, counsel them, and they leave in power. Oh, yeah, I'm going for it. Yes, you must. We need to. You need to own the land. You must possess the land. The Bible tells us that. Come on and talk about it. Yes, we have to. <laughs> otherwise, you know, otherwise you know, we I, will be pushed to and fro. And right. you know, so, I, 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 Barbara, you know, I, I've heard some very positive things, some very encouraging statements, some very uplifting statements to say to people, I am that I am. I've got one question for for uh, for uh, Sandra and for Wendella, in 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 in, in, in uh, let's go in that order. Sandra and then Wendella. It says, uh, what, I want, what I want to find out is, has your business encountered any personal or business challenges while you were trying to establish the roots in the neighborhood? Now we, we we heard about the growth. We heard about what it takes to grow. Has there been any personal or business challenges while you were pushing your roots down? In the in the neighborhood that you're in right now, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, yeah, there's been somewhat of a. Well, first of all, you know, when you come with a new way, people are like, you know, they want to know, well, how much, what is she going to do, and how much will it, if any, take away from me? Uh, the latest challenge is, and it's not really a challenge, but you know, stuff that comes to kind of like, you know, give you away for a minute. Haters, we have to love our haters, because. There's always someone who wants to retard your growth. And I I just happen to be, you know, the subject of something like that. But what it's doing, it's slowing down my movement, but I will ultimately achieve the goal that I am moving forward, moving toward. But, yes, sometimes people want to resist change, and sometimes it's not that they – don't really want 
a certain movement to happen, but they don't want certain people to bring it. But this is what it is, and I'm just going to keep going forward, just keep just just keep it moving. And like I said, we got to love our haters. There's always somebody, but, but that's <laughs> when you know you're on the right track. And actually, uh, what they should do is give you a little fuel to just go a little faster. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and go ahead, Miss Miss uh, Lindella. Tell tell us a little bit about the challenges that you face. And as a broker, I'm sure you have seen some heart wrenching situations uh, that you can give us a little backstory to. Go ahead. Well, the challenge that I that I'm faced with here is. Um, like she says, I'm really I'm really trying to build a movement here. I'm trying to build a movement and I'm trying to educate people on this whole process and not just buyers, but I'm not a traditional real estate company that I'm pushing people to sell. I go on listing presentations and convince the sellers not to sell, the homeowners not to sell. If I got a homeowner that's 70, 80 years old that want to sell and think they're going to go rent after they sell it, you know, I sit there and I encourage them, let's figure out another way here. Um, because once you sell, where are you really going? You know, like uh, Pastor Bob said, they don't know yet that that's just a little bit of money that they're going to walk away with. And it's not going to be enough to sustain them, and you're going to be paying more to rent somewhere than what you're paying here now. So I work with a lot of people. But because of that, it's making my movement harder because I have so many agents that won't come on because, I mean, they say things like, oh, well, you know, I'm just not comfortable with where the office is located, you know, because you got a lot of agents that, you know, they get caught up in the, oh, you know, I want to be in Montclair, um, oh, I want to be, you know, on Lakeshore, and, you know, I'm on seminary, and I love it here. Uh, but, you know, they think that they have to be in these higher places to get the clientele. I tell them all the time, you still have to sell yourself. I don't care where you go. You have to sell yourself. So my challenge is I can't build my team. I'm building my team up slow because I'm only taking in the people that understand my vision and want to go with that flow. So that's my challenge, just getting people to want to work with me in this community. But, you know, like she said, it don't, it's not going to stop. I'm going to still, you know, lead my movement, and I'm going to still get people that's like-minded to come in and help save Oakland, you know, and help well, right. some of our people here. Well, so it well, doesn't well, matter, well, but that well, is a me, challenge. That's, and that's, not my, that's my only challenge. <laughs> okay. okay, well, you know, the interesting thing about Pastor Bob is, yes, he is a pastor, but Pastor Bob also has his uh, roots uh, are based in entertainment. And we know, like, you know, we, we learned on this radio show that Russell City – was Hayward, and it was an all-black city. And many of the great uh, jazz, blues, and professional black performers came through and were in Russell City. Uh, Pastor Bob, you know, has an enormous amount of talent at his fingertips. And uh, we noticed that with this new wave of people, like he talked about, you know, the clubs and the restaurants and the the speakeasies, I, I even remember speakeasies, Rodney. I mean, you know, all those things we just don't, what, what is available now is not appealing. So the favorite places are closing, like Dorsey's Locker, Arts Crab Shack. And what's coming up are places, bars, and, 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 and drinking places with no dancing, no cabaret, and, um, uh, hard alcohol, and uh, 
music that not necessarily reflects our consciousness. So, Pastor Bob, uh, tell me uh, in two minutes or less, what do you think about the reflection that you see in the entertainment industry? And uh, uh, do you think that reflects the change? Is that positive or negative for African-American musicians that have been successful here in the uh, Bay Area? Well, uh, you know, I'm I'm around now, you know, a lot of musicians, especially with my daughter out there who uh, is an entertainer, and my niece is an entertainer. And so I kind of talk to them, and they're kind of making it their own way, especially in the city of Oakland, because my daughter is known worldwide now. But they're making it their way. What is happening is San Francisco moving their system to Oakland. As if you pay attention to some of the new venue owners, they also own in San Francisco. So they move to Oakland. So they see that there's going to be a market in Oakland. But they're still using the music that is being presented by the African Americans, although they try to, like in the city of Berkeley and different places like that, bring in all of this rock and loud metal music and down in Jack London Square, that type of thing, loud metal music. But I believe that uh, there is a change in downtown Oakland since they build those apartments down there, and the people down there paying all that big rent around those restaurants. And so they're bringing in all of these uh, various types of metal musicians and things like that in the venue. It's not really stopping a lot of African Americans in this community from working, but it is putting a dent in them because many of them have to leave Oakland to go to work. Uh, I'm with, for me, with a lot of the youngsters, and when I say youngsters, they're 39, 40 years old, uh, who have found a niche in this area so they can go work at Yoshi's and the different other clubs. They can constantly go to those places and work. There is a change, though, downtown. I'd like to say one more thing to uh, both of you who are in business. I love it. I love my black women. I back them up 100%, and don't nobody talk about them because I get very, very upset about it. And I'm glad you're in in that business. I would like to say this. I I want to say this, though, real quick, and I'm out. And I'll listen. If you want to have some young black people to be able to go in the present in the business and present themselves, you have to train them more than in a classroom. That's right. If you go to many of the businesses that I've been to and talk, I've seen some of these Indian kids going to school with my kids have been growing up from kindergarten until they're an adult now, and their families kept them in the business. That's right. Now, these kids, I just I know it because I just saw one here that I went and closed his business for him when his daddy died. That's how tight we were. I closed his business, put the thing on the door when his daddy died and was down there with the family, and he was nothing but a kid. Now, He's here in he's in San pa- in San Pablo with the service station, 
and the business and a quick stop. And mm-hmm. then brought it and brought in my wife over from India. And she's over here training and working with their kids. See, what we gotta do the my lady in the real estate and my lady in the restaurant, bring yeah. some of them teenagers in and let's exactly. start training them for the business. And guess what? If you have a problem, I got a big mouth. Call me. I will <laughs> definitely go to bat for you with the city council, with the real estate board. I don't care. You see, I'm 80 years old. They can't do nothing to me. I've been fired to me already. So this is what we need to do. Set up a program where you can get some of these kids, bring them in and train them. You know, they used to have programs where you you would train the kid right there in your business and then give them a license. Did you know that? They used to do that? Why don't we do that now? Bring you some kids into your real estate company, say 16, 17 years old, and begin to train them so when they get 18, they can get a license. They know where you're located at. They can work for you and the community. My lady with the restaurant, get yes. some kids. Their parents have to sign, right? Their parents have to sign. Train them as a chef in your kitchen, okay? And what do you have? You have somebody that's going to go back to the school and say, I'm down here training as a chef at such and such and such a restaurant. Y'all bring your mom and dad down here where I am and get some good cooking. See that? Yeah. Hey, well, hey, hey, you know, I'm telling you that. This is a confirmation because I, I, I've, uh, I've talked to, to, to both of, uh, you know, Wendella and, um, and Sandra about that. But you know what's so what's so what's so really great about that that whole statement is because my next question was going to be to, to to the both of them what do you feel your business will bring to the neighborhood over the next five years and and you know and that and, and your your intro to that about teaching the kids showing the kids going out and finding kids Wendella uh, uh, Sandra what do you think your business is going to bring to this neighborhood? In the next next five years, let's start I with think, you, Wendell. I think a great. Oh, I'm sorry. With me? Um, I I know that my business is going to bring more homeowners, um, and it's also going to develop. I I'm a mentor as well, so I'm always looking to help and educate kids and adults. The same because you have a lot of adults. I'm I have twelve people being trained right now for the business, and that's what I decided. I decided instead of going out looking for people that's already in the business to teach people how to do this business. And it also will help them develop people skills in addition to just learning the business. If you can get in here and you can learn this business and sell houses, you can sell yourself out there for anything you need. And I also help them. Any, anybody that's working with me, they'll tell you. Anybody that's working with me or being mentored by me, both adults and children will tell you. I'm always asking them, what is your passion? And in addition to what I'm teaching them, I'm also working with them on their passion. So I love it. I'm open to that because you know what we try to do is we try to make them do what we what we're doing. So I'm going to show you that this is a way. Um, but however, I want to know what your passion is and what you're really good at, and we can clone in on that and work on that as well. While I'm showing you how to make money doing this, we're going to show you how to build that business doing that as well. So I, that's, love I, mean, that. I know that I can just bring education to you. I'm just trying to educate those that don't have it. There you go. And, and, and Sandra, what do you see in the next five years in the neighborhood? 
Well, I, I, what I see and I already see is people having a, a feeling, a sense of ownership, uh, a sense of feeling of belonging. Um, because as you had mentioned earlier about the different uh, ethnic groups that are here with the restaurants, and basically uh, we pretty much have been depending on others to sell us stuff, to make our dishes, uh, which sometimes it baffles me. Um, and this is what we've been, this is what we've been fed over the past decade. And so, I get I get people that come in. Um, even one of the brothers from the Nation of Islam up the street. I mean, he literally tears came to his eyes, and he he just said he was so glad I was here. They just it made them feel proud. It made them. You know, people see like, okay, well, you know, maybe there is hope for us. You know, she did it, so I know we can do this. And and it and it and I and I believe it motivates people. I've had a few, a couple of ladies come in, and and one lady said she got a smoothie and she wanted to talk to me about. She said she had a vision. She wanted to open a little cafe. And well, how did you do this? Well, would you do that? Or they told me this, and I I I gave her you know instruction. I told her what I know. And I told her, you know, when you really get ready to go through it and you run into any any bottlenecks, see me. But I think it will give people a sense of pride because I, I, I can see where we just feel like we don't even count here. We just we're just here to be to hold everybody else up. Yes. Everybody you're listening to www.t25cl.com. And guess what? We serve you, the community by giving you an opportunity to download great music uh, that is local. Uh, Our artists are from jazz to gospel to pop to musicians who are playing wonderful songs such as uh, um, Leroy Rainwright, uh, Rosalind Jordan Mills, a beautiful songstress from Los Angeles. And anyway, so go to our website, www.t25cl.com, and download some music so you can have it when you're working out, getting that new figure. Everybody, I I just really am overwhelmed with the amount of knowledge that we have tonight on the show. And uh, what is important, I think, for our listening audience to take away from, of course, we're going to give your information so that people can come and patronize you, Sandra, with uh, Cafe Nona. And, of course, uh, uh, Miss Wendella, we want people to be able to – uh, get over there to you on seminary in Candom. But I want to get back to this situation about getting those duplex, those duplexes and checks. So let's talk a little bit more about that. So, <laughs> I'm so excited. I know where I'm having coffee at in the morning before we go to uh, our merchants meeting over at uh, Mills. I'll be over there having coffee with her. I can't wait to see her menu. Okay. Looking <laughs> forward to meeting you. So my point point is, okay, so here you are, single parent. Um, You come into $10,000 through whatever you sever from a company, you get divorced, however it is, you got kids, and you need a place to stay. So how do you go from one, uh, the position of renting to owning a fourplex? I want to talk about that. That's important to know. Go ahead. Well, if you came into my office, the first thing that I would do is refer you to privacyguard.com so we can get a look at what your credit situation is. Well, in addition to 
providing the income. Because I have a mortgage background, I could actually look at your credit report and your income and tell you where you stand before we even get all of the other documents together that they have you running around and get your tax returns, your W-2s, your pay subs, bank statements. Before we do any of that, I get those two little things from you. You could just tell me what your monthly income is, and we look at that credit report, and I can go and look at your debt-to-income ratio and tell you where you stand. If you need help, we have a team here that works with you to get the credit and stuff to that 580 (laughs) credit score, and that's pretty much it. Once we get that done, you're ready to go. And most people come in here ready, and they don't even know they're ready because they don't know. You know, they don't know. So what's a down payment on a fourplex, and what kind of fourplex are we talking about? Are we talking about one that's made in 1920, like off of uh, uh, maybe Telegraph and 40th in that little neighborhood over there by Chapter? Are we talking about C.C. Stokeland, like 69th and to 73rd? Where are we? What location is affordable for a single parent with one job and some kids? Well, see, now that's the difference with um, that's the difference in single family versus multi units or or uh, duplex, triplexes, and fourplexes. It really depends on the rent that that building is bringing in. So, I, what I mean by that is. You can qualify. The same person that could qualify for a two hundred, that could only qualify for a two hundred thousand dollar house, can qualify for eight hundred thousand dollar fourplex if the rent permitted. So ah, what happens so what is they take your in, the, right. They take your income. Your, the units, the rent that you receive from the units is added into your income. Seventy-five percent of that is used for your income. So if you only made two thousand a month, and then your union's going to bring you in five thousand a month, the lender looks at it as if you make seven thousand a month. You wait, wait, what I'm oh, hold, 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 wait, Say that. Say that again about how <laughs> that varies. Because I don't think people really know that. They the, don't. The, Nobody knows that. So they think if I can't buy a house, I, was like, I can't dream of a, a, a duplex, triplex, or four unit if I can't buy a house where I tell my clients, my clients that only qualify for 200000 and they can't afford to buy anything here, that's what I steer them towards. I steer them towards let's get a unit because then we can add that income, put, you, put that property with a property management company, you set up that account and you pay your mortgage and you'll be fine. So... That's what you have to teach them. They don't know. Nobody's telling them this. They're just saying, oh. you know, even even for the ones that only qualify for a little bit of money to buy, you can't buy. See, here's the thing. There's no minimum income required to buy a house. You know, yeah, I was yeah. in Alabama, and I was selling houses down there. They were 60000 60, My best clients was the clients that I got out of a McDonald's or out of a Walmart work because, you know, they had no idea they can buy because they didn't think they made enough money. It's not a minimum minimum income required. What the guideline says is you have to have, it has to meet your debt-to-income ratio. That's it. So rather you're making 1000 if you're making $1,000 a month, the, the guideline says only 500 of that could go towards your mortgage and your bills. So you figure that out. Okay, so well, let, me just, just, let me just say this. I don't mean to interrupt, but I do need to say this. Okay, so what about that refinancing? Is it also the equation, could you do like a X, Y, Z, meaning you have a four-bedroom house, you're now retired, so that you, when you're modifying, 
you don't meet the income to pay the note, your debt to ratio, wow, however you say it. So is it possible that you could have a couple of boarders or renters that could go on to the home loan and you still retain your house? Does that work that way? You know, that's what I tell people all the time. You know how many people come in and they're about to lose their house because they don't qualify for a modification because their income is low? I say, oh, no, 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 this is what we're going to do. We're going to call that thing back and we're going to let them know you rent out those rooms, and that's what you're going to do. Oh. You're not going to lose this house, though, but they oh. ne- nobody tells them that they can do that. Yeah, well, that's what you're going to do. Hold on. <laughs> we have to <laughs> for that. <laughs> that's considered your income now. It's, it's, when they walk in, I already know what they're going to say, and I'll be already ready to tell them, okay, you got three bedrooms, okay, we're going we gonna to rent. And, and see, here's the thing. With the rent market going up, they do their little market analysis, and they do see rooms. You got rooms going for $1,000 a month now. Exactly. You are renting rooms for $1,000 a month. Exactly. So, okay, now you got an income of $2,000. let us get on the phone with this bank. Sign over this authorization for me to speak on your behalf, and you sit right here and listen. But you're not leaving your house. We're not doing that. What I want to say to Ms. Wendella is, you know, I've had this idea and this thought. We not, we need to get together and, and, and start a real estate syndicate so we can come up as a people. You know, they have this real estate principles, uh, principles of real estate. You know, if you have to, it's to buy. Even if you gotta, if you got to do it with your most best-hated enemy, get together and buy. Right. Yeah, and, you know, here's Here's the interesting, the interesting point about that. We are our best resource. That's what we forget about. We forget about our young nephews and nieces and our brothers and our sisters. We are. Our, I just sat with a, a political candidate just yesterday, and it was so interesting to see him with his parents who were in their 80s living with him, his wife and his immediate family, and then his brother. And all those uh, nieces and nephews that he also has and is head of, and all their money is in the pool for the betterment of the family. And I think that we have relinquished, and I'm talking about we as people of color, we have relinquished our reins of control to the capitalistic society of buying items and things and making our, our uh our opinion of ourselves is based off of what we have and what cash we have spent on it, opposed mm-hmm. to um, how we can work together like three single women to buy a fourplex. Exactly. So that the three single women together are co-oping on a building and uh, one person who's renting is paying uh, the note for everyone. I mean, or or, or, start... or or you could you could you could say three three women and one guy and we buy a whole corner. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, we go oh, and buy okay. let's, let's pick out a corner and let's buy a whole corner. That way we can put some businesses in out there in business that we want to put out there. You know what I'm saying? You know. You know it's really frustrating. Let me tell you what's really really frustrating to me. We are the only nationality that I haven't seen do it. I mean, I have, if, if I have a Hispanic 
client come in here and I tell him we need to get more income, we need somebody else to go in this place with you, he come back with five people. So we sit here and the things that we complain about as, a, as people, we have the same opportunities that they have. Mm-hmm. We don't. Our, our, we have the same. When you're talking about how how many Hispanics live in one house, how many Asians live in one house, how many properties that they're buying, they're taking over communities in whole. They're taking over whole communities. But you know what? Those are the same communities that we won't buy in. They buy. They buy whatever they could get. If it's that hundred thousand right. dollar house on Ninety Second and D Street, where the guys is out there swinging. They buy that house, they put their black gate up and put their cameras up, and they let it be known. You cross here, you're going to be in trouble. Then next okay. would happen. Now, they buy the house now, next now, door. Now I, then they buy the house I, next door. Now the whole block's changed. Right. They've changed I, the whole I, block. I do, right. I do want to speak to one thing, and we have to bring this point up, because we can all get enthusiastic, and we can also re- recognize that this is the way to change things. But we also have to take a discriminating look at what has happened in the failure to protect us as black people in our black neighborhoods. And that rests at the feet of the police department of Oakland and the management of the city. And our young people in Oakland are in danger. And that's why we're speaking in the way we are speaking now, because, yes, we do know we have to take over blocks, uh, uh, this side of the street and that side of the street, and then the next block and on and on to gain control and to be able to bring positivity back to the area. But in the same token, our young men and our men are in danger in Oakland, California, and that is no joke. A friend of the show, 1,000 Mothers to Prevent Violence, Lorraine Taylor uh, sits in my church every second Saturday with mothers who have lost their children, I mean, as young as two uh, and as old as uh, you can imagine, to gun violence. Those bullets are non-discriminate. And so we have got to be in a position uh, to ask for the government's accountability for protection for property owners who are of color in their neighborhoods. And that's the bottom line. If we don't get the protection, let me tell you something. If you're in a neighborhood and you've got the fire trucks that show up to help the victims before the police do, you've got a problem. And this is what we have that has not been addressed. Now, Rodney, I'd like to ask you a question. What do you, or is anybody on the line that can tell us a little bit about safety and the ability to create a safe environment as we do business and as we buy houses. Can can the ladies speak to that and everybody let's uh, go around? No, but I did want to say one thing. It's really been a pleasure being on this talk show. Thank you so much for inviting me. Uh, I do have a really pressing um, uh, task that I must tend to. Who is this? This is Sandra Bradford. Yeah. Oh, Sandra. Okay, give the yes. I, I yes. Yeah. I just want to thank you all for inviting me. It's been a pleasure and yeah. very enlightening. Uh, but I must sign out now. Okay. Hey. What is your address? Okay, I'll see you tomorrow. 
Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll, 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 bring you, we'll bring you again, bring you in again probably, you know, six, seven months from now just to recap and talk. And, and also, Barbara, tell them how they can um, pick up this whole show on the Internet with T, uh, T25CL.com. Absolutely. Everybody, you can go tomorrow and go to www.t25cl.com, and this show live and in its entirety will be there for you to email to other people, to send to your friends and family, or just to listen again if you want more information. Sandra, before you hang up, what is your address location so our listeners can come by and get that cup of coffee? And a kale smoothie. Okay, yes, we're at 5395 Bancroft Avenue, and that's here in the Fairfax District in between Foothill and, mm, I guess, 55th. It's in between Foothill and 55th Avenue, right at the corner of Fairfax, and the 94601 zip code. Oh, thank you so much. Well, we've had a pleasure having you in the penthouse. And thank you so be. much. It's been a pleasure being uh, being here and being online. Absolutely. Well, thank you very mm-hmm. much. Okay. So um, well, I want to go to Ms. Wendella. Ms. Wendella, tell us, how can we petition the city for more protection to do business and to be able to feel safe in our neighborhoods as we regain or, let's say, just seize blocks by blocks in Oakland. Tell us your vision of that. Hello, Ms. Ms. Wendella? I'm sorry. I'm here. I'm sorry. I have yes. muted it. Uh, so I just oh, okay. couldn't unmute it. Um, oh, okay. Well, we have, to, we have to make our, we just have to make our uh, city officials accountable. I mean, that's what we have to do. We have to make them accountable. We have to check on their response time because we're not the only ones in the city calling police. We're just the ones that get the delayed responses. You know, just like the situation um, that happened in West Oakland when, you know, the woman lost her life and they said they called several times and they just never came. You know, they have certain areas where it's just not important that they race to. And we have to start holding them accountable for not protecting us. We pay money for that. You know, our city, you know, we have one of the richest states in the U.S., but we have the poorest um, support when it comes to our our, our uh, enforcement. We have the poorest schools. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's getting really, really out of control. And, I mean, when you look at it like that, you don't blame some of the families that's trying to lead to provide better for their kids. But then we still needed some of us to stay to force the change, you know. Okay, but now you now, now you just brought up something very important, and I want to really discuss that because before we go, I know we we've had you all evening, and we've loved you, you and Miss Sandra. We've loved you, and uh, we have to have you back. Rodney, excellent show. But my question is, okay, so the first thing you do as a responsible parent, a working awake parent, you look to the school district before you place your foot in the opportunity because the school district dictates the success generally of your children unless you're going private. So my point is how, um, what do you tell your client uh, when it comes to uh, some of the areas where the schools are not on the great schools list? I mean, there are several schools where the property is affordable 
but the school ranking is below average. And what, now that's one question, but the other question is, what are you telling your white clients? Because they're moving in and the schools that they are tied to, are they sending them to the underrated schools or are they going private and seizing the property? Most of them, um, um, well, a lot of them now is geared towards homeschooling. That's where I'm actually um, looking towards now, and they're co-oping with other parents of homeschoolers um, to make it uh, attainable to do. And then you have a lot of parents that take their kids with them to work that may not work here, you know, if they work in Emeryville or they work in Berkeley or they just work outside of the city. They take their kids to schools in the cities in which they work. So I know that you're right about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. been that's been a lot of it. Or you know, you know, it's not something that I you know want to openly say on the air, but uh, you know, some of them just use neighbors' addresses that live in their areas <laughs> and get their kids to school. You know, if I gotta leave an hour earlier than what I would normally leave to take my kids to San Leandro or take my kids to Castro Valley because there's better public schools there, and I'm using my sister's address. I mean, those are the things that people are doing. Those are the extremes that people are going through now to uh, put their kids in better schools. And then you have a lot of people, you know, um, my pastor spoke about this um, before. He said a school opened up across the street from him. He didn't understand, and this is above Nolan, uh, Zoo. He said they didn't get any notice or anything that this school was opening. And when it opened, it was already full. And he didn't appreciate the school moving into his neighborhood without even inviting his kids to attend. But they already had a plan. They opened up with their 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 uh, role, their, their school role already generated. You know, and it was just basically a group of co-op parents that got together and said, hey, we're going to open up a school and we're going to put all our friends together and this is where our kids are going to go. And that's what they did. You know, so people are doing what they have to do um, to provide, to get their kids that better education. Absolutely. You know, you you have to, we have to, that's the bottom line. We have to take responsibility for our kids. I don't care what city you live in. You still have to take responsibility for your kids and your kids' education. We cannot depend on the schools. I had my kid going to school in East Oakland, and I had to have a conversation with the principal because here's the thing. You, they have, um, they had uh, mobile homes. Uh, they had mobile homes outside the school, and they were teaching parents and kids together English. So my question to the principal was, where are the mobile homes that teach us Spanish? Where are they? You know, and and to a lot of people, that's not a big deal. But it's a major factor to me because their kids are going to be bilingual out of elementary school. So right now, jobs, bilingual is preferred, but it's not required. I got five-year-old twin boys. Bilingual is going to be required by the time they get to looking for a job, you know? So exactly. when are you guys gonna when are when are our kids gonna be taught Spanish? When are we gonna be able to sit in a in a mobile home for free and, and get taught together Spanish? They're not doing that. But they're doing it before school and after school, they're teaching them English as a family. You know? Well I so I have I have something funny I wanted to say. it's very interesting about just what you're saying. I was sitting in uh, West Hollywood and uh, I was a location in LA, you know, people look at uh, uh, residential housing and commercial placement, much different. 
in L.A. L.A. is location, location, location. You sacrifice everything for the great location, and that's exactly what I did. So I was in the best location. The school was right across the street so my daughter could walk home. But it was so funny. I was co-opting with my girlfriend. She's an actress. And every day we would walk right across the street to school, but we were in full regalia. I mean, hair done, lashes on, high heels on, and we would walk across the street because down the street opened a private school, just as you said. And one of the parents who brought his daughter to school every day was Blair Underwood. (laughs) So we had to cross the street so that Blair could stop as we crossed every morning. It was a perfect timing, and it was so funny. (laughs) But it just goes to show you how the elite manage their situation, and they can place their kids wherever, uh, even though we were in a great location. But when you're thinking about where your kids are going to go, you have to think about some of the uh, commonalities that you just talked about. Uh, and I love the fact that you were so open and candid about what people are doing in Oakland where the schools are not the priority right now. And so we, we thank you for that opportunity. Now, could you tell us hey, where yeah, could I find you? Can I, can I say something, please? Uh-huh. Go ahead. Can I say something, please? I hear, you, I hear all you talking about schools and placements and where the kids should be placed and all these different types of things. Let, let me inform you of something. Maybe you all know. It is the parent who backs up their kid continually, okay, and 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 shows their child that there's always a way out. But this is what you have to do. That's now, right. My grandson. Let me tell you something. I got a grandson in Oakland. I got a bunch of them in Oakland. All of my grandkids are above par grade-wise. Four of them are being homeschooled, and their grades are magnificent, and they're also speaking Spanish, and they're also taking music. The youngest one is five years old, and he's already speaking Spanish. That's homeschooling. I have another two, one who is a magnificent sax player, another one who is a sax player and a clarinet player living in the middle of poverty, okay? And if you saw the television this morning, you would have seen my grandson on there who got every academic reward in the city of Oakland except but one. And he should have got that because the guy said that he they didn't want him to get all of the awards. So they wanted to give a award to somebody else. Now this is what was said. He was on TV this morning. My grandson. I, I did grandfather see that. Just, I did see that. Yeah, my grandfather just left Reno, Nevada, playing saxophone. They live in the middle of the ghetto. But guess what? The, my son and his wife stay on their case about school. They help them at home in school. They do things with them all the time. Look, folks. It ain't just my kids. It's all the kids that their parents would get together with them, okay? We are destroying ourselves. It's not the white man destroying us and moving us out. I agree. It is us destroying ourselves, okay? So as the ladies were saying, 
uh, I love them ladies that's, that's on this show, and I'm going to have coffee myself over there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my sister, my sister, for coffee. You, you, might, you might see me in the morning over there with one of them crusaders or whatever she could. But the whole issue is, I've been saying this for a year, and, and Barbara, you know it, that we get together and buy some land, buy some property, chip in, and begin to make a black settlement, do something unifying ourselves and teaching our kids. It ain't about sending our kids to San Leandro to school or to Concord or whatever it is, and using what you have available. There's some right. good teachers. There's some good teachers in Oakland. They, the teachers are not getting any back back in to teach what they should. That's the that's the bottom line. The curriculums are set. My wife's a school teacher. She's been doing that for thirty years. I know what they're doing in the school. There's things that she want to do. The school won't allow her to do to help the kids. They won't allow her to teach it in the classroom. That's right. But we have have to back each other up in the community. You want to buy land? I still tell you, like I said, I've been saying for the whole year, let's all get us a bunch and put $100 a month in about the people's property by this time next year. That's all I got to say. You know, know, I'm going for it. You know, know, Pastor Bob, you can come come take mine up. Or tell me how to take mine up to get it started. Yep. And you know, Pastor Bob, there's one thing I've got to concur with that was said that. No politician has come forward and made an issue or a statement about it, and I think it's been a deterioration for the advancement of colored people, and I think the NAACP and the Urban League should be held accountable. And Ms. Wyndham, she's come out and she made a point about it. You know, there there are federal funds being utilized to give kids who don't speak English English as a second language. But there That's are right. no federal funds to utilize or in any of our educational programs in our communities to give our kids the same opportunity so that they can start getting these second language jobs. I mean, think right. about it. over the last 40 years, we've never seen, I've never seen, I don't know if anyone else, we've never seen a school that says, okay, I got a special class, I got special funding for all inner city kids, all suburban kids who want to learn Spanish as a second language, but you were required to learn Spanish as a course of education. You see? But no federal funds, no federal funds put no outhouse, no trailer park, none of that. But these people are getting paid money to go in here and specialize in that. And I think that's something that today's America, today's parents should say, you know what, we're living in a change environment, we're going along with the change, but we got so many different nationalities, so many different uh, uh, origins coming into America, we should have special classes set up on these federal funds to give our little kids an opportunity to start mastering other languages and get more more endowed than just English. I think that's I totally agree. I totally agree with you. And uh, you guys, we're at the bewitching hour of 9 o'clock. But, you know, (laughs) I thought 
I want uh, uh, Sister Wendella to talk a little bit. Just give us your contact. People are blowing me up. They want your contact. It seems like uh, uh, duplexes and checks are hot tonight. <laughs> can you please give your phone number, all right, so we can contact you, and then I want to give a little list of schools and uh, areas so people can consider where they want to buy or where they want to start looking. Go ahead. Okay. So the name of my company is Win Win and Company Real Estate Group. We're right on the corner of Seminary and Camden with this crazy address of 5845 MacArthur Boulevard. So there's a point of seminary that for one block is considered MacArthur where it turns around Mills College. So, yeah, we're right there at 5845 MacArthur Boulevard in Oakland, um, right on the corner of Seminary and Camden. Um, Our office number is area code 510-629-4046. That's 510. I'm going to tell you, we're going to come around over there and have that coffee, and then we're going to come over there and get qualified and have some Do you Are you teaching classes? Do we have to come in groups, or what do we have to well, do? Well, we're actually, you know what, it's so funny because we do home buyer seminars. We actually do home buy. We also do uh, pre-approval parties. So even if a group of you and your friends wanted us to come out to your house, you know, don't want to come to the office, you know, want to be more personal, we'll do pre-approval parties where we're, we'll actually come to you or your organization, bring our laptop so, and do whatever we got to do to pre-approve you right there on the spot. Oh, so meaning <laughs> me and my family can come have Father's Day dinner and you'll come get us all pre-approved while we're sitting at the That's table. right. That's right. Oh, get all the family that. together and say, you oh, know what, okay. it's time that we get this together. So everybody oh, meet at my house. And then you call, I'll be the special guest. <laughs> Let me ring the bell again. <laughs> well, exactly so we can do that you or always. You can always come into the office. I love it. Well, let, let me just, uh, for everybody's personal edification, I'm just going to go right down right quick. Okay. So in Oakland right now, we've got Chapeau Elementary School. That's a 10 rating. We've got, uh, and that, I, I'm not going to say where they are. You've got to look them up yourself. Hillcrest Elementary School is a 10 rating. Montclair Elementary School, 10 rating. Peralta Elementary School, 10 rating. Thornhill Elementary, 10 rating. Yaming Charter School on Alcatraz, a 10 rating. The American Indian Public High School, a 10 rating. And the last is Oakland Charter School on 12th Avenue. That's a high school and that's a 10 rating. So you guys, get out there, do your due diligence. We thank you, and we really want to thank T25CL for hosting us, Galaxy Talk Radio. Hey, on Monday nights, we've got Compton Politics. <laughs> and on Tuesdays, we've got Straight Talk with the Hired Brush and your girl, and Rodney Beth and Pastor Bob on the penthouse, an exciting guest. We also have on Wednesday night, we have Roslyn Corner. She's our entertainment director, and she comes live from L.A. So patronize her tomorrow night at 7.30. And then on Thursday night, we have Corey and Pastor Kwaku. Um, they're coming with soul vibrations. And, of course, Friday night we have Sandra Keys with Keys to the Kingdom. So we're imploring you to come here, make us your stop at 730 through the week. 
so that you can edify yourself and get more information. Like, he, that, that, what did we say? We said uh, duplex and check. That's what's happening. That's our <laughs> jubilee, and that's what we're working on right now. I want to thank my guest. I want to start off by thanking Sister Sonda Bradford with a Cafe Nona in the Fairfax District. I also want to thank uh, Pastor Bob for coming straight uh, to us, and, you know, he speaks on Sundays at the uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church on 55th and Foothill. His uh, pastorage is over uh, Genesis Baptist Church. And then also uh, I want to thank my co-host, Mr. Rodney Best, for producing the most amazing show ever. I'll be listening later on tonight in the 3 a.m. hour. And I want to thank you, last but not least, uh, Miss um, uh, Wendell, you have put us on fire once again. We thank you for your positivity. We thank you for your mentorship. And we thank you for being in our community and being our resource. Will you come back and visit? Anytime. I'm so excited. I had a really nice time with you guys. I'm definitely going to be tuning in um, and, you know, listening to who else you have on. I got to find uh, Pop Pastor Bob, though. I gotta get to oh, get him yes. that hundred dollars to get that that investment started. Uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Hey, you know what? I'm ready because I've already had three women and no men at all. After talking to over a hundred men, okay, and less women, I've got all the women who say, "Let's go and let's try to start buying this stuff." No okay, men. Well, yeah. So let me bring no men. So Nope, he ain't got no men yet. No men. That's a shame. See, that's why some of us not married yet. We just can't get them on board. That's why I love my black women. Not only do they take chances, they have that foresight ahead. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, everybody, I thank you so much for being with us tonight. And, again, thank you, Rodney Best. This was the best ever. And, uh, okay, for all of you, we thank you for your patronage. We thank you for your listening ear. And to all, a good night. Good night, thank you guys. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Thanks, Marcella. Good night. Good night.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.